Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday, Taylor. Can I say that there's times where I'm I'm not a particularly spiritual person. I'm not a particularly religious person. <laughs> but then this week, when I read about Jen Shaw getting arrested, <laughs> and it's all on tape. It's in the Bravo can. I swear to God... I believe in you now. Like that's, it's just, that's such a gift. It's such a special thing that I can't, like there's, so, there's, there's higher powers. You know what I mean? Like this is crazy. How we are we feeling? We go to the church of Bravo and this is Woo! like the best offering we could have been given. I don't know if that's how offerings work. Clearly I'm Jewish. <laughs> I think it's actually you offer something to God. I don't know. Anyway, um, so exciting. I just feel really proud that I've been watching Bravo so long that I can now sniff out a fraudulent housewife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you were on this. You just knew. You fucking knew that something was up. And like you predicted as much as you possibly could because the details of this are just beyond comprehension. Like this has also been a they've been investigating Jen Shaw and her shady telemarketing business since 2019. And arresting people since then who have flipped and have been, like, reporting back about what she is doing. Like, if this is not some, like, Wolf of Wall Street saga film <laughs> in a couple of years that I'm starring it, like, I then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Isn't this just bananas? It's hard to believe. And Erica Jane is just, must be just so relieved, just taking the heat off of her for just one week. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just so f- for people who, you know, may not as be attuned to Instagram as we are, Jen Shaw, one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they were filming a scene and she freaked out on set and said, oh my God, my husband's in the hospital ran away had her aunt who supposedly had her leg amputated who was like big discussion this season drive a getaway van i guess she got tipped off that the feds were coming for her and Mm -hmm. the like swat and the fbi showed up to set and was like where's jen shaw and i hope i mean they have to have gotten some footage of that i don't know if they'll be allowed to show it but like holy shit thank god cameras were rolling and then they finally like pulled her over and arrested her and her first assistant and took them to jail because i guess she's been sort of targeting seniors who are very gullible and might want to invest their money in a scam where they'll never it's not really a business opportunity they're just ripping people off and so there's like yes multiple fraud charges against her. And then I don't know if you we haven't talked about this since then, but she went to jail. It's really funny because she posted that morning pictures of glam that she had done obviously for shooting. But then she went to jail in the glam, so her mugshot is going to be in the glam. And then she left <laughs> the courthouse in the glam. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she was supposed to have an arraignment 
which has to be public and on a Zoom because of the pandemic. And so many Bravo fans signed into the arraignment hearing that they literally could not find Jen Shaw and her lawyer. And, like, people were not muted and they were like, oh, I'm watching The Housewife get, you know, (laughs) arraigned. Oh, my God. the judge was like, this is too chaotic. Like, everyone please mute themselves. And then eventually just gave up and was like, we're going to reschedule this for another day. But it has to be public. So (gasps) there's, like, nothing they can do about it. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Oh I my God, I so love funny. that so much. Did you also read that there is a rumor that there was an undercover FBI agent in her glam squad? Oh my God, I love that. Is, what is that? Like, I'm sorry, again, this is a movie. That would be so good. Also, I whoever is an undercover FBI agent who could also pass as a glam squad member, can we get a drink? Like, I think you're the most fascinating person in the world if you yeah, can pull off that performance. That is just like a new version version of miscongeniality. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just I I can't. And and the thing what's so dark about what she did is what I what I had read was she was running multiple websites that were either just like a general give us all of your money scam or selling a product that did not exist. Right. And then they would fight people on refunds and they just like wouldn't give people their money back. But the bigger issue beyond even that, which is downright evil, is she was taking all of their information and selling it to other companies that were also running scams. So it's like this multi-level, like she was running the fucking scam telemarketing bullshit internet mafia, this woman. Like she was selling all of their information, which is crazy. Yeah, it's so insane. I saw yesterday that like the news broke that there's even more victims than they originally thought and there's like millions of dollars of fraud. It's just so interesting to me because when you listen to her describe her job, she's actually not lying. She's just using the word customer (laughs) instead of victim, you know, like as if there is an exchange of goods. But she is telling us exactly what she does. It also makes so much sense to me that like she was freaking out so much during the season because imagine how much all of those lies just eat away at you and like build pressure and I just there's just no way that you could be a normal functioning person if you're running such a huge like fraudulent scheme on people. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that goes a little bit to the observations that you made when we were watching where you were like, there is so much more going on here. And I think that there's like a lot that she hasn't recovered from in terms of her dad's death, which is still could be totally true. But this is. This is part of that stress. Like, yeah. this is part of that mental stress. It's like, how yeah. do you go to bed at night, Jen Shaw? This is crazy. And to know that her, like, crazy first assistant, who was also featured so much, is, like, also guilty is just very believable. I saw a very funny tweet that was like, this was the FBI informant. And it was just like, <laughs> a sassy picture of Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, honestly. Um, I want to just give Mike a little bit of credit because he is the one because there's a few moving parts here that I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt where I was like well her husband's a coach so you know maybe there's some money coming from that and Mike was like he's an assistant coach of a college Mm -hmm. football team there's no way they have this much money so Mm -hmm. kudos to him kudos to him as Ramona Singer would say (laughs) and then um the other part like this is a blind spot I believe probably for both of us I was like well maybe shit is just really cheap in Salt Lake City (laughs) because we live in LA we have no I don't know I'm like disconnected from real world uh real estate prices so 
But that I, neither of those things were compelling enough to explain away all of the questions that we had. Yeah. So this is going to be a very exciting season two. Oh, my God. I just can't believe how lucky we are. Again, the stars <laughs> are just aligned for us. It's so uh, rejuvenating. I'm so excited. Um, let's move on to also a little bit of Britney Spears news. Oh, yeah. Just a, just a little bit of it that is interesting. Not that we have any facts, but uh, there was a post this week that made a lot of headlines because it was the first time it seemed that uh, Britney had broken her silence uh, regarding the Framing Britney Spears documentary on Hulu. And I don't know how you feel about it. Actually, I think I do know how you feel about it. But there is a lot of suspicions out there that this was perhaps not written by her because it's sort of uh, it's it's it slams the documentary and that she says it made her sad that people didn't understand. She felt misunderstood. But all of our little sleuths out there were like, "Mm -mm, these emojis don't line up. This sentence structure don't make sense. We think that her phone was taken and that this was published by another person. What do you think, Alyssa? Okay, so this is very interesting. So my initial, I'm going to be honest, my initial reaction was like, I don't think that she actually wrote this. The capitalization is a lot more correct than she normally uses. Then I listened to We Need to Talk About Britney, which is one of my favorite pods, and Jen was saying that we can't just pick and choose what we think Britney is really sharing with us. Like, it's a hard truth Mm. to face that she might actually have been hurt by the documentary, which I totally hear and I think is a valid point. I also feel like it could be a combo of all these things, right? She said she didn't watch the documentary, but what she saw of it, it made her sad. I think it's possible that it's hard for her to relive those moments of her life and even just seeing trailers of it she could have misinterpreted you know how she was being represented based on how she's been represented this entire time by the media that's like a very reasonable response to have the most Mm -hmm. interesting thing to me is that her sons unfollowed her instagram Mm. and i don't know what that means that could mean they're teenagers and they're having a challenging time with this very unique relationship that they have with their mom Or, Mm -hmm. you know, they could be a little more savvy to what's going on behind the scenes and think this is not a representation of how my mom feels. I don't know. Um, I feel like time will tell. All of these details will start to become more apparent. And it's okay. We'll just just see what happens. It's interesting, though. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's, it is interesting. We're just, we're just trying to listen and try to figure it out. But yeah, ultimately, we don't know what we don't know. And hopefully, everything is going to come out in a way that is like happy and healthy for her. And I agree with you that it would be, gosh, imagine being in her shoes. And even if you're watching, whether it is just the trailer or the entirety of the documentary, it's, it's really tough to watch not being Britney Spears. <laughs> and it would be really, really traumatic and tough to watch if I was Britney Spears. It is just, it's, it's not an easy thing to sit through. So that it's really, it is really important to remember that it's possible she's going to, it's going to hurt her. And even though it's, seemingly helped her in a lot of ways by creating a big community that is trying to advocate for her it's still a really it's a really tough topic um oh and the last piece of news that i wanted to tell you and i don't know if pen has been put to paper yet but i've read three different sources that say teddy mellencamp Mm. is joining the real housewives of orange county no (laughs) So our ban will continue, bitches, because there's no way I'm watching that shit. Talk about another fraudulent person. She's fully running like a cult, an eating disorder cult. 
podcast, yes, which we like, talked about before. And that that <laughs> came out that, that I mean, that came out. It was always pretty evident how fucked it was. But I feel like the real like big Instagram sort of, uh, you know, unofficial indictment of everything she was doing with her shitty company came out. After she yeah. left slash was asked to leave Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and it's just an interesting move because talk about a bad housewife joining the worst housewife's show. Like, it's a it's an interesting. She's just jumping on a burning ship. Yeah, right? absolutely. I am. I also love these women who are like fully running fraudulent businesses that are ripping people off being like no I should have more camera time I should talk more about my business on camera it's like just accumulating evidence for whoever wants to press charges against them yeah 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 pretty good it is uh I think it'll be interesting and the last thing I'll say that is sort of a celebrity reality news topic is uh Chriselle from Selling Sunset is just cropping up all over my Instagram. <laughs> and I love her. I love that bitch because, first of all, she went to Vegas with Melissa Gorga and, like, had a great time two weekends ago. And then this week was kind of, like, coming to the defense of the people who are trying to decode the Britney thing and suspect that it wasn't a Britney Spears post. And Chriselle's like, I think that I just really want her to have a chance to speak her own truth. And I'm like – and then she broke up with her boyfriend from Dancing with the Stars. Did you see that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's now, they're, like, filming a new season of Selling Sunset. I just like her. I like what she's doing, Chriselle. Keep cropping up on my little magnifying glass on Instagram. I think that you're fierce. Yeah. Uh, and, man, wouldn't it be fun to hang out with her and fucking the Gorgas. Like, oh, my God. Like, what a great group. In Vegas, the hair, just the clavicles. Clacking uh. our little heels around the palazzo at, like, 2 in the morning. I would uh. live for that. Honestly, Melissa oh Gorgas could God. throw me into those fucking gondola canals, and I would be like, bitch, I love you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I live for this. Fight me. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. Whew. All right. Should we get into some of the television shows that we should cover this week? Yeah, let's talk about it. What do you want to do first? Should we do Summer House? Yeah, let's do Summer House. Let's okay. do last night's episode of Summer House. The main burning question I have that's like a really, mm. you know, personal graphic conversation is, do all girls shave their buttholes? <laughs> Great question. Uh, and I will say, I I remember asking this for the first time in college, the first time I got a uh, Brazilian wax. Yeah. And then the uh, esthetician was like, all right, roll over. And I was like, what for? Right. And was very surprised by that whole part of the interaction. I was like, I didn't even realize there was anything for you to get. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. And that sort of launched me into like asking friends. About, I was like, have I been neglecting something? I just, I, I feel like I have a sense of awareness about my body and I am a pretty groomed person. But this has been a, this would be a big blind spot for me if this is what we're all doing. And it did seem to be pretty 50-50 where okay, okay. most, you know, 50% of my friends were like, yeah, girl, I just like get in a really weird position in the shower and I shaved that thing oh and then other God. people were like what the fuck how do you even reach back there <laughs> so I do think it is a pretty yeah I I don't know I don't think it's all I don't think it's all okay okay I like that you you have a poll to reference that makes me very <laughs> yeah. happy yeah I mean like I know that when you get waxed that's just a part of it you know they just do the whole thing and I feel like mm-hmm. having someone else do that is so much better than trying to do that yourself where I would I mean look when I had a dog when I was growing up who passed away a little while ago 
you know, we would take her to uh, PetSmart and they would like shave her and sometimes they would like, Mm -hmm. uh, one time they (laughs) nicked her anus by mistake and she like never wanted to go back there to get uh, shaved again, which like fair. Fair. Um, And that's what I imagine would happen if I tried to do that to myself. (laughs) Yeah, I think shaving is dangerous. I think it it can be very dangerous because I do think it's a uh, sensitive area. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I also don't think for most... <laughs> this is so funny. My like family listens to this podcast. I know. Uh, but I think for most women, it's not like uh, for most people, it's not an exceptionally hairy place. Sure, sure, and sure. maybe shaving it super regularly would make it more hairy. Yeah, that's a great but point. I Honestly, but we're just I don't know. Talking about hair growth, family, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, another thing that blew my mind on this topic, and I think I've, I've probably talked about it with you because it's happened in the past like year and a half, and I is that I realize this is again very graphic. Tony's family can skip. Uh, <laughs> is that I found out that if you're in a if you're in doggy style, oh no, that. Uh, Wait, this is really graphic, Tony's family. Hold on. I said skip. I said skip. I'm not going to talk about me personally, but it's an observation generally, about sex Generally, in general. doggy style. Right, yeah. I found out, and this, yeah, this wasn't because Tony told me. It was because of something on TV <laughs> or something. And it was like, oh, well, boys can see. If right. a boy is having sex with a girl from behind, he could see her butthole pretty clearly. Right. And it's like, just, that's like, that's sort of the star. And I was like, oh my God, Wow. I that and I when I heard that I I thought okay that makes way more sense to me now that right. there is an effort to remove hair right I will <laughs> there I got it all say, out <laughs> I will say boys don't care about fucking anything they don't care and if they do mm-hmm. then it's the wrong boy you know yeah it's it's agreed. all whatever you want to do you should be able to do it that's what agreed, I think agreed 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 preach 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 they're just Ooh, like lucky right. to be in that situation that's what I yeah. think <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, 100%. Uh, what did you think about Stravi? Oh, no. uh, <laughs> this, this, this proposal of getting back together with candles in the backyard moment. So when he was setting it up, first of all, this house is not quarantined. Let me just tell you. <laughs> People coming in and out, stove guys, pizza delivery, Stravi's in the backyard, no mask. Like, I don't, you know, the COVID protocols are questionable. Um mm. When he was in the backyard with all the lights off, I was like, oh, this is actually looking pretty good. And then when they turned the lights on inside, it sort of dimmed the little candles that he had set up and it made it look a lot sadder. So I will give him some credit because of that. But it was just, it's just like, uh, it's a nice effort, but like not, again, not well executed, you know, like put a little, I think we need to put some um, financing into these gestures um yeah especially if we're on tv it needs to look a little bit more uh like kardashian mindy weiss-esque i think um yeah and i thought he was gonna do like the say anything boom box and i they probably couldn't play the music that was playing because of the rights to the song so maybe there was music playing and that helped the ambiance but uh, still like mediocre to me what do you think? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Very, very low budge. You know what it made me think? It made me think that perhaps he's like not really friendly with the producers because <laughs> I feel like any any producer, any story producer on hand like would just be like, yeah, man, I got you and would add a few elements of decoration that would just help him out. Do you know what I mean? Like if he, if he had people on his side, 
he, it could have elevated the entire shtick. But I think I, there's something about him that feels like he's very much riding solo. And people yeah. are just like, all right, he's coming back. And they're like, yeah, you could just like take the candles out back. No one's helping him. Yeah. Like it just has that sort of a element to me. But I don't know. I, I feel bad because I, I think it's tough. I actually have a friend sort of going through this right now where like, you know you need to break up with somebody and like in and if they're not making it easy it's harder for you it's so hard to be the dumper it sucks to be dumped breakups suck it's they suck across the board but when you have to take the responsibility to really call it it it, it is so painful and so he's not making it easier for her to fucking move on and go find the guy that's going to give her everything she wants do you know what i mean so it was making me frustrated at him for coming back i was like just break up just break up let just be broken up like she Mm -hmm. was okay with that and now you're making it her responsibility to break up with you again like come on bro so i didn't love that but we'll see what happens next week i don't know maybe they're fucking married and had a baby by now i don't don't think so i don't (laughs) think it's it doesn't feel like everlasting love to me but it does seem like she might entertain it for a little bit longer just because it's nice to be paid attention to and have someone fight for you exactly but that's why i'm so ultimately a waste of time yeah okay Um, And just lastly, I wanted to say a couple weeks ago, we talked about how when Hannah apologized to Kyle, everyone was sort of making fun of her. And she was basically saying, like, I have a really hard time with uh, combative conversations with men because I have a complicated relationship with my dad. And so that was very triggering to me. And they were like, "Okay, Hannah. And then I'm sorry, but did did Luke not just have that exact conversation with everyone and like Mm. all the men were very like touched by it and they were like Mm. I really appreciate you like explaining where you're it's it's exactly the dynamic I was saying where it's like for some reason anytime these guys do the bare minimum we're like bravo and then when Hannah does it we're like okay like let's get real you just need to get a hold of your you know emotions or whatever no yeah oh my god yeah the pats on the back for this just like quote-unquote emotional like vulnerable moment like Amanda even pulled Luke aside two times to be like I really appreciate how vulnerable you're being it's like it's so hypocritical it's insane so you're very right thank you for pointing it out we are annoyed annoyed I feel like I'm annoyed yeah I, I, you know, it's nice to see. It seems like Carl has grown a lot and is like aware of how he affected people. But all this other stuff, it was like, come on, guys. Let's, I don't know. It just is silly. Yeah. And it's not like we, I don't want to, it's nice to see the boys apologizing to one another. That's not bad. It's just that the, yeah, the bar for the genders in this house and how they approach like apologies or talking about their emotions are so, one is just absolutely on the floor and the other one makes no sense. It's yeah. like just, the, it makes no sense. Oy, oy, oy. <sighs> uh, do you want to talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta? Let's do it. Um, okay. I am confused (laughs) how Drew has so, you know, I just want to say, like, when you get a callback, there's no money involved. So you don't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, like, the real world of this is, like, you wouldn't pay for all your girlfriends (laughs) to fly on a jet to New Orleans, you know? Like, and I feel like you have a lot to say about this. I do. Oh, you know I do. Because it starts with, like, Okay, I have some very important callbacks and meetings in New Orleans. Do you guys want to do a girls trip? And I was like, pause, rewind. You have what and where and when? You have callbacks (laughs) and important meetings in New Orleans in a pandemic? 
Bitch, no, you don't. You do not, first of all. Nothing that is important. It's all remote. A callback is, yeah, definitely not something you would be paid to do. It's rarely something you would fly to another city to do. And if it, that was the case, it would be, like, the last thing you would want to do a girl's trip with because you would want to be, like, so focused on executing, like, a perfect callback. And, like... I, and it looked like one of the important meetings when the episode actually played out was like a general with a production company, which like looked to me like the why Zoom was invented. So yeah. I was like, don't know why this is happening. <laughs> and then another important meeting was like her having an interview at a uh, New Orleans like radio. Yeah. And she just like brings Cynthia up for fun because, again, there's no reason except for maybe you being, I don't know, a real housewife of Atlanta. Uh, all of it made no sense and so I just would have appreciated more so a like I just want to go to New Orleans because listen when I watched this I wanted to fucking go to New Orleans I was so jealous it looks so so fun I know we're all getting so antsy and feel so cooped up and I would do anything to even just like stand in a TSA line right now so I was jealous of the trip but annoyed at the like fake purpose of it like all of these things are happening for me professionally like yada yada and I was like true <laughs> realistically what's going on here which I very much enjoy and identify with is the idea that Taylor has only been doing zoom auditions like everyone else and so the (laughs) fact that someone is going to an in-person callback is just unbelievable to her which I really love I love it so annoying she's like I brought my glam squad because all of my appointments are so important here and I'm like sitting here doing all of my own makeup in front of my laptop (laughs) for the whole year just like acting like a dog for commercial auditions trying to book over zoom and Drew's like I'm flying to New Orleans with my glam squad for a callback it's like She's like, my agent's got me a cute little private jet for my callback. And you're like, wow, I can't. No, they didn't. I love it. I can't deal. But I was going to ask you, I also don't know, you strike me as someone who is like a when in Rome type person who might have sort of like the Porsche attitude about this. But would you have fried alligator? I'd have a bite. (laughs) <laughs> like you could peer pressure me you could peer pressure me into being like it tastes like mostly like chicken and whatever I'd have a bite of someone else's I don't know that I would order the for the table that's not me sure yeah I wouldn't be like all right one fried alligator sandwich coming my way I would but I would try it I would give it a bite and I, I, am- I did really appreciate Portia being like I'm a baby vegan and yeah. also I'm traveling so I'm gonna take a bite of fried alligator because fuck it I am a so person I think that'd be my attitude has been food poisoned an, uh, an extraordinary amount of times so I am not as adventurous as I used to be with foods. I've actually literally talked to the LA County Health Department as part of an investigation into a restaurant that food poisoned me. And that guy, who was also Gemini and we became best friends, uh, was like, hey, (laughs) if if you eat certain dishes at a certain temperature, you're much more likely to be food poisoned. And so, like, I actually ate... Like this really fancy chicken liver toast, and that's what food poisoned me. And um, he was like, "Fried, fried is always the temperature that probably won't poison you." So I would eat a fried alligator just because of that guy's advice. (laughs) But you know, when we start getting into other delicacies that have a higher risk of like bacteria, I'm out. It's not worth it. You got yeah, you got questions. Okay, that's totally fair. Yeah, and if I'm there with you, I'm gonna follow your lead. (laughs) I'm not gonna be like. Oh, you think this will poison you? Bottoms up. Like, <laughs> But um, I was just jealous of this trip, and I thought it was fun to watch them yeah. eat alligator. Absolutely. Ooh. It was pretty cute. <laughs> do we want to do uh, – what do you think? 
Let's do New Jersey. Okay, Let's great. Do our housewives back to back. Oh, and before we get into Jersey, I wanted to say I watched the Andy Cohen special. Uh, what's it called? For, for real. Yeah, for yeah. real. For real. Um, and he does a fun interview with Teresa. They watch her original audition tape, which is really wonderful to watch. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, asks about the table flip. So I perked up. And he was like, talk to me about that. Was it planned? Like, where did that come from? And she was like, no, no, it wasn't planned. But, you know, it just kind of like escalated to, to where I had to do it. And she, he goes, well, where did you where would that even like come into your mind to just like completely flip a table over? And she was like, oh, my father did it once. Oh, which God. like, of course. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> everything bad we do, we learned from our dad. Say it with me. Um, and... <laughs> And she said that she was, when she was a kid, she had seen her dad, Nona, rest in peace, do it one time. And then when she did it on the show, he was like, where, why did you do something like that? That was so crazy. And she was like, dad, I, you did that when I was like nine. And he was like, no, I didn't, which is again, what dads often do. Uh, but I thought it was fascinating that she was like, so yeah, I just, I learned it from my father and that's, it was just like kind of in the back of my mind as something I could pull out. And of course, Andy was like, do you regret it? And Teresa was like, no, I like, no, of course not. It's like, Teresa is truly the definition of no regrets. I love that about her. Yes. She does not. I I feel like she must have no anxiety or shame like just living moment to moment justifying anything she wants to do which is an amazing mindset to be in to me who like regrets well, everything like, I do yeah yeah it's just consumed with anxiety yeah. about stuff <laughs> I know I feel you I think it was it was interesting to see he asked uh if she regretted being on the show and she said no but in a way that suggested that there was a time and I think we can all guess when it was that she did or was not as happy about being on the show yeah um, but she was like now uh, that all things are said and done like I'm really happy I wouldn't change anything about it so that was just really interesting That's but then nice. what did we think about this week's episode Oof. of Jersey ah <sighs> I I hate to see, you know, the families fighting with each other. It's so tough. I, I really – I understand that they just want to put it to bed. It's very strange to me that Teresa is taking – and this, I think, is just a cultural difference probably. Teresa's not lying. She's repeating something that she heard that we saw on camera that was true, you know. But it's strange mm-hmm. to me that they're treating her like she's starting shit when really – Joe, uh, they're all fucking named Joe. I'm just realizing now. <laughs> yeah, Mar- they're all named Joe. Marge's wife or uh, husband. Yeah, Joe B. Yeah, he could have easily just said, "Yeah, we did talk about like explained the situation," and it wouldn't have been like Teresa, why are you starting shit? Like, stop, yeah. you know. Um, I did enjoy Melissa flipping the cheese plate and then cleaning it up. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you What do you make of this fight? I I also there was moments where I was like cringing a little bit because there's people yelling at each other. I didn't want them to be yelling at each other. But I also found it to be it seemed very real and very cathartic to watch Joe Gorga be upset with Teresa about the hypocrisy of Teresa defending Joe Judice mm-hmm. over him. And then and him just being like, I I am not going to play this like polite game. Like he's lost that privilege from me because mm-hmm. of all of this time. He put you in jail. You're my sister and you went to jail because yeah. of him. He took time away. He like put my mother in the grave. He took time away from me and my dad. Like and I it felt it felt very 
real. And I was very happy Teresa like listened and it didn't. I was like, if this spirals, this is like kind of too heavy. But I think it's a really good point to make because I see where Teresa is coming from of going, look how great it is that me and my ex are like in a good platonic Mm -hmm. like place. We have this business together. We're raising the kids like and I get why she would have pride with that and why she would want to advertise that and like make everybody feel okay about it. But I completely see where Joe Gorga is coming from being like, I'm only going to pretend to a certain degree. And I'm certainly not going to let you pick him over me in any kind of fight moving forward. Because this is your ex- ex-husband and he has lost every every part of – I don't need to respect him anymore. Absolutely. Um, so I was – yeah. That yeah. made me feel – I was into that. I think – I think that's a really interesting point. And I think from Teresa's perspective, it's probably like, well, this is the father of my children. We've seen episodes where her, you know, Gia gets very defensive about her dad when they're, when she's bad mouthing him or he's bad mouthing her. Um, Mm. And so I think just for survival, she has to just accept everything that's happened so they can move forward. But Joe doesn't have to do that and and Melissa definitely doesn't have to do that and it's really interesting to see this dynamic where Melissa now feels like she accepts Teresa for who she is but she also calls bullshit immediately when bullshit starts now and doesn't let it Mm -hmm. fester and they like come at her as a team which is so different from how things used to be um Mm. I don't know I think that they in a weird way are a really strong family and they really put you know peace within their family and being there for each other because they've lost so much uh, over a lot of the day-to-day feelings that they might have. And it's fascinating to watch because not, not every family is like that. No, I think they've, I think that they have appreciate, it seems like they now appreciate time in a way different way. Uh, And so, yeah, things, things festering or going through a period where they're not good and they're not talking is something that it seems like they're not going to tolerate. So it's, they're going to yell at each other at the dinner table and say, don't tell me to shut up. And like, they're going to hash it out over having like an awkward fight that lasts a few weeks because they just learned that time is too precious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's Which really can be scary if you're a non-confrontational person. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like I would not want my brother crazy. to yell at me like that, but that seems to be part of the way they communicate. So not for yeah. me to judge, I guess. If my brother yelled at me yeah. like that, I'd be like walking out the door going home. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, what do you – so this whole, like, Marge and Jen fight, I just feel like is so silly. And so Marge is judging Jen for getting too drunk, and Jen is judging Marge for sleeping with her boss in the 80s, and I, like, don't see a problem with either of those things. <laughs> and so I'm, agreed, like, agreed, agreed. on no one's side, and it just seems like they want to fight with each other. Yeah, it just feels like a little bit of an incompatibility. It's sort of starting to feel like every sort of fight that happens with Jackie where it's like, yeah, because nobody wants to be fucking friends with Jackie. Yeah. And it's just that I can't I can't see a world where uh, where the two of them were Marge and Jennifer are going to like have drinks that, on their own. Like they're just not a compatible couple, I don't think. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was a little I was a little over over that fight. But it was uh, I think it's I started off on Team Marge because I think that. Jen wasn't doing too much to stir the pot the night before. She like said, yeah, she was like, yeah, it did happen once in a fight where everybody at the table is screaming. And then Marge is like, you're a shit stirrer. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, but then of course the sleeping with your boss's bosses trashy was a really low blow. And then I was like, okay, well now you both have really lost all credibility with me, but it's still fun to watch you yell at each other in your swimsuits. Yeah. So 
sure. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, they have a, uh, all of them get together, the husbands and wives for this like cute little lunch where they have their Jersey subs and they uh, get on the topic of either having sex or masturbating in guest rooms. <laughs> and there was, it was pretty split of people being like, well, I just, you know, it would feel it's, disrespectful to masturbate in someone's guest room but it feels okay to have sex with your husband in somebody's guest room and i was like that feels a little weird and judgmental those are i feel like you my policy would be you would either you're either okay with both or you're okay with neither yeah right yeah and as someone i will say this has been like my proudest proudest most exciting thing in really my life recently is that tony and i have for the first time a guest room and right. I'm obsessed with it. Right. I'm so obsessed with it. And I want it to be perfect. It's like, I that's like the priority of my whole life is perfecting this guest room. I want everything to be comfortable and cute. And I would be honored if somebody boned in my guest room. Oh, wow. I'm I would the be opposite. so, <laughs> I would be so, I want every, I want people to be like so happy and comfortable at my house in my guest room that they smash. I would love that. I think that that's great. And I don't think any of my friends would, but I, I, and I want them to. <laughs> I, if you and Mike came over and slept over and hooked up, I would be elated. That's hilarious. Okay, we do live, like, down the street from you, so I probably would just be like, it's fine. We'll just wait until we get home. But um, that's hilarious. And I have a counter story to that to oh, see no. if, how you really feel about this. So I <laughs> – we went to one of Mike's friend's weddings, which was really beautiful. And also I was food poisoned uh, right before this wedding, and oh, the symptoms kicked wonderful. in at – wedding it wasn't the wedding food it was the LA food we flew to Philly and then I was food poisoned okay um that's aside from what I'm about to say so there was this like the maid of honor and she gave this speech and she um and it was like a really memorable speech because she basically like shit all over marriage she was married and she was like it's really hard and like I remember you know when he didn't even want to go out with you and like all this stuff oh my god and so I asked my there I asked the friends about it and someone shared that that couple had stayed over someone's house and um you know uh had sex Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. essentially like ruined the sheets Uh, oh no so so if someone came over your house and was like perhaps using the pullout method and like ruined your sheets you know would you still feel like honored that yeah i would not love that (laughs) i would not love that i would not if if they were really really good friends and they were really 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 drunk and then they were like oh my god i'm like consumed with regret i would be like this is gross but like i guess no worries but and I would get new sheets, but uh, or they should get me new sheets. Yeah, but that's not yeah, not at all. In, I'm just in saying. my fantasy, in my fantasy, these people are very neat. I would want to I would want to see no evidence of physically of what happened. I would just want to hear about like, oh, we were we just enjoyed ourselves so much. We had a great time last night. Taylor wink. I'd be like, oh, my God. And if they did me the honors of taking the sheets downstairs and putting them in the washing machine, I would be even more grateful. But that's I a good point. That's a good point. Hearing that you're not thinking through the realities of enjoying yourselves. No, and- Alyssa, I don't remember what it's like to have people over. I don't know even what human beings are like, bitch. I don't. Fine. How about we go? We say, you know what, you guys kiss each other as much as you want in the guest room. <laughs> Okay, I very much enjoyed this conversation. This is great. Uh, I love that. Kissing is allowed. Uh, 
That's really funny. All right, um, should we do 90 Day? <laughs> Let's talk about 90 Day. Speaking of kissing, there were so many weddings. Um, luckily, this was part one of the part two finale. I was getting, like, all emotional. I lo- I've loved this season so much, so I just really didn't want it to end. Um, and then I wanted to ask you how you felt, because this was sort of one of Tony's first real 90 Day Fiance season finales where he got to, like, watch all of the weddings. And he was like, is this how it always is? It's, like, so uber romantic. How did it make you feel watching it? Um, I thought it was sweet. I felt so sad that, you know, a lot of their families weren't able to be there because of the pandemic. But I guess that's kind of just the situation everyone else is in. But I weirdly was more focused on the most tragic story, which is Natalie and Michael. Like, I couldn't believe... The situation that Natalie's in. Natalie? Yes. Right? Am I saying her name Natalie. right? Natalie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's Natalie. And, and he – so they break up. It's scary, first it's of insane. all. Because she – her being – and I haven't seen this on the show before, personally. But, like, she's like, listen, I don't want to be in America with an illegal visa. Mm-hmm. And it would limit my ever being able to leave. Because if I go to an airport with an expired visa, I don't know how I would go home. I imagine I would be arrested at that point. And mm-hmm. if I could prevent that, I would like to do that. So they talk to a lawyer and she's like, well, then you either need to get married today or go get on a plane. And obviously he lives in like bumblefuck nowhere, Washington. And mm-hmm. so she has to drive, has the neighbor drive her three hours to go to Seattle so that she could then get on a plane the next day and fly to Europe and not even fly home, mind you. Her country's borders are closed. So she has to just like fly, fly to France and figure it out. And that's this whole thing. And yeah, there's a very scary scene, all filmed Blair Witch Project style on her iPhone by herself while she's sobbing, where they go to the hotel and the hotel doesn't let her stay because the name on the credit card is Michael's and they don't have Michael there or his ID there. Did you... Do you did you believe this or did you think that there was any sort of like producing happening from TLC? That's a great question. I hadn't thought about it that way until you brought that up. It did seem very real. I don't think Tamra, the neighbor, who's like one of my new favorite characters. I mean, my God, what a saint. <laughs> she like literally yeah. drove six hours round trip for a girl who like she doesn't know at all. Who's in this just horrible situation where she's sobbing in the car and Tamara's just like mm-hmm. doing her best to get to Seattle during a pandemic mm-hmm. and is gonna stay the night with her um I don't know that they would have like I don't or maybe Tamara doesn't know that there is producing so she doesn't recognize the situation is fake I do think that uh, it's believable that a motel wouldn't take a credit card unless someone's ID was with them right yeah I think that there's I think that there's some truth to that I do think it's possible and I but I I was because Tony is actually the one who brought it up he was like this doesn't feel like a real obstacle like you would be able to figure out how to pay for the hotel um and I was like here's the thing I have several reasons that I believe it's real first of all just the way that it was shot and the way that it went down to me like seemed believable and then I this is also right when everything started to shut down and when the cast was asked to just like film everything on their camera so there isn't a producer on the ground with her at this moment I don't even think that they're that hands-on in terms of what is happening each day and this is obviously when it was happening in real time a lot of things were happening very quickly I don't know if they would have been able to find the hotel and like cancel the reservation they would have to be really really evil geniuses who are super super productive to pull this off and I also think you have Natalie who's not in her home country and then you have this woman, what's her name? Say, is it Tamara. Sandra? What did you say? Yeah, Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> Tamara also feels like she's not in Seattle that often yeah. and is also not going to be like the savvy like hotel figure outer of the group. So 
all things combined, I was like, this feels pretty legit to me. And it feels so scary. And I felt so and I was like, also, it just comes at three hours. Like none of them are about to spend six hours in the car total, like doing this bit. Like no I, one would be willing yeah. to do that. I think on top of that, because it was the beginning of quarantine, there were no like there were so many things that people just didn't know how to handle. There were no like policies in place. So I could see how the hotel would be like, well, normally we can't let you stay here with someone else's credit card unless you they have their ID in person. And maybe that changed over time because people couldn't be face to face as much. Um, And also Mm -hmm. Natalie is so distressed. Like you can really tell that this whole situation is extremely messed up for her. I don't think that she would hold it together and just participate in this, like, gag no. for the show. No, um, no. The one question I did have is, like, you travel to this country with no credit card? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. fair. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> I know. I know. So, she I don't know. She very, very, very dependent on everything that's going on with yeah. Michael. And and obviously she, and we see this with everybody else on the visa, can't work. So it's not like they're making money while they're here. Right. But yeah, you would hope that just as like an adult woman, you would have some sort of a way. And, and the fact card. that she's not emergency credit card or a family member you could contact, but she seems too embarrassed to like call her mom. Right. Which is so heartbreaking. Uh, and the whole thing is just very scary and then after all of this to see them like try and get back together was just making me pull my hair out it's like this couple you guys hate each other you're ruined I'm watching you ruin each other's lives and the fact that he has finally has enough balls to call off the wedding but then brings her back and is like but I don't want you to leave it's like oh my god what a horrible destructive thing to do for both of your lives I just don't get it I don't yeah. Get it. Yeah. Do you like that there's all these like wonderful moments and I was like, let's talk about the worst thing I've ever seen on TV. No, do <laughs> no, it's it's important to talk about because it is heartbreaking and it was it was such a contrast to like what I think was one of the sweetest weddings I've ever seen with Hazel and Tarek. Yeah. Like you're so right. It was really sad to see the families not be able to come, but then like even Tarek's brother showing up and like that meaning so much to him. And it was so sweet watching Tarek. Like he's like, I never pictured that I would be like bringing the actual chairs like into my car while I'm wearing I my know. suit and like doing it all myself. But he's like, I want it to be special. And they're like, oh, they're just like so happy to to be married. And she looked so beautiful. And they're both really emotional. I loved their wedding. I loved another wonderful B character is their friend Angela, who we've praised before. The fact that Angela married them. I was like, can Angela marry me? Like, I am obsessed with Angela. She's such a sweet, supportive friend. And it was sweet to see Hazel's family, like, zooming in and watching it. And it was 3 a.m. in their country. Oh, wow. I didn't Isn't know that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I was, so like, sweet. straight up crying. I was just, like, so into that wedding. I thought it was so cute. Then we also see, of course, uh, little bitch Brandon, Mary Julia. And I couldn't get over. It was really tough for me. I still loathe him with every fiber of my being. And Julia loves him. She loves him. Like, he was saying it was her idea to have him say his vows in Russian. And she said her vows in English, which I think was fair and cute. Mm -hmm. And he starts to say his vows in Russian. And she's like sobbing and she's telling like a camera how much she fucking loves him and I'm like bitch why 
for what reason? I could, I just, I couldn't, I can't. That's even more baffling to me than a couple like, like Natalie and Mike, where they clearly hate each other and they're together. And you're like, can you walk me through why? I just don't get it. I'm happy if she's happy, but it really broke my brain. And I have to mention, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram. The mullet mom and farmer dad were filming the wedding on like seven iPhones that they were holding and they insisted on standing in the exact same spot and holding all of the iPhones in the exact same perspective and getting all the same angle and all the while TLC is filming this wedding. Like, who who are you filming this for? And if you did, my, maybe you guys could like stand on different sides of the room. But man, that was just another... Another silly, silly wedding. Um, oh, can we talk about Jovi like resisting spending a thousand dollars on a wedding band? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much the wedding band is supposed to cost. I know that engagement rings. You know, I have an approximate idea of how much an engagement ring costs. Uh, if I'm being really honest, uh, but it, it, I, I feel like you know, there's diamonds on it, so you're gonna have to fork over some cash and I think you probably want your wedding band which is a symbol of your whatever unity promises to uh (laughs) be nice diamonds not like the cheapest shit you could find in a Las Vegas pawn shop no what do you think no and so this launched me into like a research of what the average cost of an engagement ring is and the average which is again like truly a mathematical average because I think there's a lot of people who spend like a a lot less than this and then a lot of people who spend a lot more but is five thousand five hundred dollars it's higher on the east coast which is funny and uh slightly lower on the west but then yeah the band is always like somewhat in relation to the type of ring that you're getting But what fascinated me is this moment of Jovi's mom was there. And when Yara said that she wanted this ring that was $1,200 and Jovi's like rolling his eyes, it like bothered Jovi's mom. And Jovi's mom is like, hey, this ring is I won't even attempt her insane accent because it is just absolutely (laughs) impossible. But she's like, "I, I don't know why Jovi is being like so resistant to spending some money on something that is so deeply important. It's like, it's tacky and shitty. And it makes me question if he thinks that this wedding is serious at all. If he's not even investing, he's not investing in any part of this. They're like doing a rent a wedding with Elvis in Vegas, like, like buy a fucking ring, but it's a perfect example. And we see it with mullet mom all the time. (laughs) It's a perfect example of a parent on 90 day, like looking at the camera and being like, I don't know why he's like this. And you have to be like, it's your fault. (laughs) You did this. Like, this is your person, bro. Like, you made this person who's now being a shithead. Yeah. Why? What do you mean you don't know why he's being like this? Come on. It's like, look at this guy you married who's his dad. Also, by the way, as we were talking about this, I kind of just realized, like, you work on an oil rig. You, like, go away for, like, weeks at a time to make a fuck ton of money working on an oil rig. And then you go to the strip club, and I can guarantee you you drop $1,000 a night on the women on the stripper pole. And so, like, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you mm-hmm. also have to invest that money into a ring yeah. if you want to get married. You don't have to get married. You can go keep spending, like, however – how much do you think they spend, at a, like, on an average night on drinks and, and just, like, throwing dollar bills? 
at least oh 500 bucks, right? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. So it's like when you yeah. think about that as thinking, like a one evening thing and you think about this as like a for the rest of your life thing, like let's maybe bump the budget up a little bit. That's exactly it, though. He's looking at the ring and he's like, that's so many Bud Lights. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, that's Tanya's so not going to Bud Lights and a lap dance. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to get my, you know, boner popped at the strip club? If I don't have a thousand dollars for Tanya, like you know, whatever. I'm just like I will, the uh, the last wedding that I I was really enjoying was Rebecca and Zied, and uh, first of all, the guys walking Rebecca down the aisle is like the funniest image I've maybe ever seen in my life. Like Rebecca is doing this like full princess like big white ball gown moment she looks beautiful and then she has her like son-in-law and his friend on either arm and they're wearing like full-on like flannel button-ups and and, like camo hats and like matching big just like mirrored sunglasses and they're just such a different vibe it's so strange yeah but it's just it was just like such a funny sight to see and then they like drop her off at the end of the aisle and they're like holding their arms they're like yeah I guess we're I guess we're the ones giving her up it's like where did you find these bros and why couldn't they wear a regular shirt uh, but I have to mention that Seth Rogen tweeted that night and was like, Zied is fully hot now. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> he is a big, Seth Rogen's a very big 90 Day fan, and I love it. Like, when the election came down to Nevada, he was like, I guess it's all down to Colty and his mom. Oh, my like, God. He's, he's just obsessed with it. So the periodic text from text, as if he, Seth Rogen texts me about 90 Day. <laughs> His, his occasional tweets about it really, really make me so happy. And Ziad really has had a glow up and is just kind of like the comedic relief of this season. Good to know that you guys are into the full can of hairspray that he just, you know, used to make his yeah. hair stand straight up to the sky. Like, just fully, <laughs> no, no rhyme or reason. Just like, I'm going to make my hair rock hard with like aqua, aquanet, you know. It was so cute. He was like, it takes half hour. I hope my hair look beautiful. He's so happy. Also, he loved the horses so much. Like, he was almost more excited about the horses than he was about the wedding. He's like, whoa, horse. It's like. Whoa, horse. Okay. He's like, I see see wedding on TV and in movie. And now Rebecca coming horse. It's so magical. I'm so much happy. He's so cute. He's so cute. He's so into it. So that whole thing made me really stoked. Uh, I just loved it. Um, and I can't wait to see more weddings next week and what the fuck happens. I do hope Natalie and Mike, like, figure out something that's safe. I want I want Natalie to just, like, be in an okay place. Yeah, like, I hope she's not I in, like, an I ice shit on her a lot. or something. Jeez, I'm scared for her. Like, uh, yeah, I don't I, – I yeah, that fully turned me against Mike watching him be like, just illegally fly out of the country. It's like, I don't think that's yeah, a good idea. No, that's you being a bad person. Yeah. Like, again, and I've talked about this with the other fucking Andrew on this season who I hate. It's like – your partner needs to have your safety be a priority. Yeah. And even and like any a human being should have another human being's safety as a priority. And you obviously don't give a fuck about her if you want her to just stay on your weird little house illegally because you're not man enough to let her go home and you're not man enough to marry her. 
Like, it's not safe. It's not the right thing to do. And the lawyer was doing the right thing, being like, I know these are like unprecedented times, but I am not going to advise you to ignore the law because there's a pandemic. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I will say that lawyer was like one of my favorite characters of the whole show. She was like, I would say that is not advisable. And if you can marry each other, you should. And it seems like you have a lot of personal decisions to make. Okay, good luck. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This poor woman. And that seems like a personal question. And on that note, I am going to go so you guys can talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, a good, a great, uh, great app all around this week. Great app all around. Oh, wonderful. What a, what a gift this week has been. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked for the finale next week. And man, I think uh, I'm going to pay more attention so you and I can try and also crash the system for Jen Shaw's arraignment. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I, I want to jump on that train. I'm so down for it. Um, but oh my God, great. Well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.